Dillon, up ahead, Winston. No one near him. And he's going to come out with it. And Michigan State is headed to the plus. Hey everybody, you're listening to Spartan Crazy with Ryan and Tim. Uh, lots to talk about with the basketball team. Mostly bad things. Uh, we're going to get into it in a second. Uh, but yeah, uh, Tim, you want to go ahead and take it away? Welcome back, everyone. Uh, we've been in a little bit of a hiatus. Life is coming at us. Plus, I, <laughs> how long was that break for <laughs> basketball? Like... Uh, it felt like weeks. a month. Okay. A very long time. Felt like an eternity. Um, you know, we were just kind of like off the radar there for a second. Um, and also, let's be also, let's be real. The basketball team is bad. And if they were good, yeah. I'd be well, sure. okay. I wanted to address this. <laughs> we're definitely not just coming back after a win. That's not how this happened. <laughs> that's, that's not. It is yeah, kind of what. We're going to come we're going to come beat our chests after they beat Nebraska, for right. sure. <laughs> no, um, we were trying to record, uh, like, was it before Iowa? It, it just... was It was before the Iowa game. <laughs> yeah, and, and um, a bunch of, I bunch had of some shit thoughts on that and... game, but we'll get, we'll get into the next Iowa <laughs> matchup, I guess. Um, so, you know, now the team is sitting at 9-7 and seven overall, 3-7 and seven in conference, okay? It's... It's not looking great in some of the most historic ways. You know, the tournament streak is very much on the line. And, you know, barring some miraculous turnaround, I'm feeling pretty confident in saying that MSU is going to miss the NCAA tournament. Now, uh, a net rated um, bracket came out today on Reddit essentially had the field and then the first four out, that deal. MSU wasn't even on the graphic at all. Jesus. But this is in the net. Um, obviously, that's important, but they have an incredibly good schedule to like be able to turn this around. Now, it's a double-edged sword. It's a really hard schedule that might just like whoop their ass. But, you know, there are other teams that are in this position that they just have no chance. You know, a Pac-12 team, MSU, if they were in the Pac-12, this would be done and dusted. It'd be over. Yep. Um, they've got on their schedule on Ken Palm right now, and they added one right before we potted um, Illinois, who... I don't have them right here. Um, they're they're not playing well. Well, and I know I wanted to see what they were in uh, Ken Palm though. Um, Illinois is fourth on Ken Palm. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, it seems a bit high, but okay. Well, let's let's let me read off. 
Michigan is third in Ken Palm. Illinois, fourth. Iowa, fifth. Ohio State, eighth. Wisconsin, 11th. Purdue, 22nd. Rutgers, Indiana, 24-25. I mean, <laughs> they, I'm pretty sure they have everyone I just listed on their schedule. Um, yeah. Left. No, not Rutgers. Not Rutgers. Not Rutgers, yeah. Sorry. Um, they're going to play Michigan twice. Now, let's be real. Unlikely that this occurs, but if they were to go 2-0, and that would be a significant swing in their uh, resume for the NCAA tournament. And it, especially at that timing, at the end of the season, it would definitely, um, it would definitely raise some eyebrows. But these are kind of like lofty expectations. Probable not. Um, and I guess we're saying that things are looking this bad, this rough. Um, unless we're going to see this team turn around, which time is really running out at this point. You know, what's the date today, Ryan? Today is February 8th. Man, it's really late for them to turn this around. I want to, just as a little live exploration, I'm going to go back to 2015. When they went to the Final Four, um, Travis Trice. You know, it felt like a really rough season. They lost that Texas Southern game. Um, they lost some pretty tough games in there. No, they were a solid team. I was just going to look to see if they had some huge turnaround late in the season, but... Um, there haven't been many MSU seasons quite like this. We're on a stretch of seven and three. Oh, <laughs> that's the conference schedule. They're three and seven in their last 10. Yep. All in conference. Um, I mean, on Ken Palm, Michigan State is 62nd. They don't have any stats that are, like, really any good on Ken Palm. The one thing that stands out in the games, the offense is just absolutely terrible. Um, we have last game against Nebraska, one of the worst teams in the conference uh, defensively, or the worst, it's one or the other. MSU put 66 on them. Now, they actually scored some points against Iowa. They were hitting shots. They had 78. But against Ohio State, 62. Rutgers, 37. Purdue, 54. The other Rutgers, 68. They put seventy or they put 84 on Nebraska, which is kind of a lot. But, again, not a great team. Um, put up only 56 to Minnesota. I mean, this is some, like, dreadful performances. The shooting hasn't been great um, from beyond the arc. The field goal percentage has been terrible. Um, I don't know about you, Ryan, but it is, like, painful to watch this offense. They cannot get that ball in the basket, man. I mean, it's they have to work so hard. They don't have an offensive identity 
in any way. It's just kind of like they keep trying these same things. Joey Hauser driving in. It's rarely working, right? And he's like getting dogged by his defender and tries to throw a pass that gets deflected for a turnover. It's like, how many times have we seen that? How many times have we seen the version? Honestly, MSU, their offense might be more consistent in the way they turn the ball over than they like run any sort of offense. Um, it you can't even like tell me a go-to for their offensive set, right? Like just Aaron Henry <laughs> with don't the ball. Have one. Aaron Henry yeah, just kind of really like don't. driving with the ball. That's it. That's like really all I can think of. Um, Rocket Watts. I'm not sure. You know, there's a lot of discussion about his. He might have an injury. Um, and people are saying he's got to be injured in some way. Um, saw something about a possible stress fracture, but he deleted it. I don't know what that all is. Did you hear anything about that? I did not. There's been whispers, but nothing official. Well, that would not surprise me. Um, it's just so weird to me how bad he's been. Like, he's... Yeah, it, he's been really bad. I'm trying to think of... Well, other than the field goal percentage, you know, actually scoring, he's not been great at that. And you can see he's showed some frustration. Um, But his decision-making is kind of weird. You can tell that when he beats somebody, he doesn't really know what to do with this now um, newfound space and the ability to draw an opponent in to find spacing for other guys. It's like he beats one defender, and then he just goes, well, I got to score. And I score using my speed, so I'll just dart in a certain direction. And if I can't get up a shot, I'll kind of throw a last-second pass that the team is definitely expecting because everyone on the outside of the perimeter is static. I mean, it's also incredibly predictable from MSU. You watch these defenses, and they're having fun against them, man. It's, like, hard to watch. Um, and you're making these other teams look awesome. Um, and you have to, you have to come back to a certain fact that I just don't, I don't think that the right guys are getting played. Um, that's, uh, putting it nicely. This is a big talking point. Um, is those... Lineups, you know, have been under scrutiny. His maybe game management has been under scrutiny, um, which it always is. You know, he's proven to be a pretty good head coach at Michigan State, but uh, that, you know, it doesn't save him from, from any sort of <clears throat> scrutiny. Um he okay the kithier thing <laughs> we're going to say it again oh, because boy. everyone wants oh. to hear about it right we have oh, to at least God. talk about it ryan 
Yeah, I know. Kithier, in the last game, Nebraska, he doesn't start, okay? that's This is new, right? That's at least a step in the right direction. He plays seven minutes. Now, everybody has also been screaming got... their, like, lungs out about this. He he's done it finally. Me. Um, so Tim, 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 you're, you're not point, you're not pointing out the thing here though. He got sent back to the locker room because he was apparently sick. That's the only reason he only played seven minutes. Oh, I guess I missed that. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be honest, yeah, I didn't um, know until I missed like ten later. minutes of the game. Uh, wow. That's embarrassing. I almost never miss, and I forgot to record you're, it. You're good. Well, I always record them, and this was the one I did, and I was like, oh, whatever. You know, it's it's Nebraska. Oh, right. Anyway. Who cares? Kithier yeah. didn't start, though, and that didn't – that wasn't effective. That's at least a step. Yeah, okay. And I was going to go further, but I'm glad that you clarified so we don't look stupid. Um, the game before, Iowa – Marcus Bingham started. Thomas Kithier, 14 minutes. Now, that's funny because it's more than Marcus Bingham got. But that's because of foul trouble. Um, yeah. Marcus Bingham should be playing more. I mean, well, yeah. Well, my point is is I don't really want to see any more Kithier arguments. Be- I guess if – He does all the little things. He's not starting now. And it's n- – Honestly, he might be better out there than Marble and Sissoko right now. That's that's not a high bar, but yeah. Right. <laughs> well, but you see my point. Um, now, Sissoko yeah, I, has I, I, like I a, a world of potential, and you could make the argument if he was yep. getting the time that it would be much more beneficial than Kithier, and I would hear that argument. However, just in the now, trying to make the NCAA tournament um, – uh, Sissoko is incredibly raw, and Kithier is at least serviceable um, in some respects. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I guess he I guess he has he, is. he has had some games where he was good, and there are some matchups where what he last be last year good. last year when he was when he had Xavier Tillman. Playing with him? No, I yeah. I can't true. really think of. No. I I can think of maybe one game this year where he was at least decent. There's been there's been at least average. two, and that was my point. <laughs> there's been at least two okay. this season, and Matty Sissoko, I or Madi, I should say, he is really just he hasn't played a lot of basketball. He's gonna be he's gonna be good. He's gonna be oh, good. He's gonna I'm, be. I don't, I, but right now, I, I yeah, right will now, say with a hundred percent certainty. He will be better than Thomas Kithier in when it's all said. Absolutely, up. but it's just not right now. I mean, I would sure as hell hope so. I, I do, I sure and again, I'll so. reiterate: if you wanted to say like, what's Kithier playing really doing? You know, if we're gonna miss the tournament, get Sissoko some minutes. I, I don't uh, disagree with that at all. Once it gets to that point, yes, I agree. Once it gets to that point where we know it's a done deal, then yeah, I get it. So but, like. Um, another big that we need to talk about. There's two actually. Uh, oh, which boy. one do you, you? 
Okay, you know what the two are. So let's get, let's get to Hauser. Okay, let's get to okay. Hauser. Let's let's do it. Joey Hauser. Um, we're not gonna make this long. His reputation before he played for Michigan State doesn't get you any points in any basketball games this season. It does. It just doesn't. I think that his def- his defense has been pretty weak. Um, he would That's have benefited putting it nicely. Yes, <laughs> he would have benefited <laughs> immensely playing alongside a, a Xavier Tillman. I mean, that would have Xavier been Tillman. that would yep. have been a match made in heaven. But oh, you know, every other team's getting the <laughs> the waivers now. So yep. Now yep. I know Pretty we didn't have a tournament, year. but. It would have been kind of cool, right, if we had had a regular season that was just rip roaring. I mean, yeah, it beat the shit out of everybody. Now, not to say that that would necessarily happen, but um, Joey Hauser, let's let's look at his stats right now. He um he's they been are struggling. Not um, great. Zero points in the Nebraska game. Yeah, and well, he was a, a liability almost, man. Uh, he was he was terrible. Let's just call it out. So three point percentage at Michigan State, thirty four. Um, that's not bad, but you know he was shooting. He was shooting forty, I think. Forty two and a half at Marquette. I (laughs) that that is a big, big difference, like significant. Um. And he's getting the looks, you know. They're just not dropping. And I don't, you know, that might be a confidence thing. Um, but I I think maybe you could argue that the role he's being asked to do with the team surrounding him is just a little unfair. Uh, or maybe not unfair, but it just doesn't suit him. Um, you know, he's supposed to be this big lockdown rebounder, defender, big man now all of a sudden in the Big Ten when he was just a freshman, like, stretch four that really wasn't asked a lot of defensively at Marquette. More of a flashy offensive player. Now he's supposed to be right. this Draymond? It No. Yeah, it's not. That's not him. It, you're, it's A lot of people have said this, but it's a square peg, round hole situation, I think. Um, so... I don't know where this goes. I almost think that Hauser is going to be pretty much this player throughout the end of the season. And you'd have to think he's going to be on Michigan State next season. He's not going anywhere. Um, And you could see with a brand new team, uh, probably new point guard, um, big men that might, you know, there might be a, a difference in that area. Um, with transfers or others coming in. Yeah, you could see him in a totally new role that suits him next season. And you know what? That's my prediction, is that we don't get a, a you know, any sort of all-conference Joey Hauser this season, and you could see that rear its head maybe next season. Um, because he's talented. He looks very uncomfortable, though. And out of sorts doesn't know what to do. Nebraska game, I see him – I think it was Nebraska. I see him 
go and sit. He's upset. Izzo's in his face talking to him. And you could see he basically says something like, what should, what am I supposed to do then? I kind of read his lips. And I, I think that's what he said because he doesn't have any options. <laughs> they tell him to like drive and then everyone's standing there and he tries to throw it, throws a pit, um, <laughs> gets, um, intercepted by, you know, it gets stolen. Um, or he just can't get this shot off. Um, that's not his game. And then he just can't get, when you can't get your bread and butter, like jumper to drop, you know, you're just uncomfortable. So, um, I'm not sure. Uh, should he be starting? Brian? No, but actually I would say yes, because I mean, who else are you going to play? I, 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 I have Bingham and him, but like the big man, big man options are not great right now. They are just, uh, <laughs> they're not great to say the least. I would say he should start because shooting percentage still. Um, yeah. And I think at 34.4% on the season, I think Hauser's likely to improve upon that. I mean, that would just be a, a statistical likelihood, in my opinion, that it finishes the season above 34.4. You follow? Um, right. You still want that shooter? I, if I were the head coach, which I am not, and you wouldn't want me as your head coach. <laughs> um, <laughs> not over Tom Izzo, certainly, but um, if I were the head coach, you know, I would be using him differently because I don't think that what they're trying to do has been working. I don't know if, like, he hasn't been executing in the way they want, and that's why they keep trying. That's certainly a possibility. You know, you've seen over time that Izzo keeps trying, and if you're like, what the heck? And then, you know, at the end of the season, like, things start to click and they start to work, and everybody just kind of ignores the fact that he was right all along. You know what I mean? So, um, Kenny Goins is just a perfect, like – uh, Izzo, I told you so, player. I, I don't even need to expound on that. I thought he was questionable at times, and in the end, you could tell why he was getting the, the minutes he was getting all along. Um, Hauser, I think he should start. I think he should stop driving. I think his role needs to be a lot more catch and shoot, a lot more instant pass. Maybe just eliminate him dribbling altogether for right now. What do you think about that? <laughs> yeah, that's probably good. I idea. mean, it can't it can't hurt them, right? <laughs> They're not going to be like, "Dang, we missed Joey Hauser's dribbling tonight." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I, you know, and I trust Izzo. I do. You often see we talk about these things, and, that, and then he goes and. He tinkers. Marcus Bingham, for instance. There's no more Kithier in the starting lineup. And if he fucking... Oops. I shouldn't have said the F word. If he starts next game when Bingham's been playing like this, then I will simply just... You know, I won't know what to say. I'll be speechless. Um, Because, perfect segue, Ryan, Marcus Bingham has looked pretty good. Yeah, um, I mean, he's not exactly what we expected him, I guess, to be as a junior, but he's be- he's been more than serviceable to, like, the last three games. 
Um, and my, I wanted to point this out, just kind of bring this back to the Izzo lineup thing. Tom, and Marcus Bingham shoots a wide open three. I understand he's been struggling from three. They probably told him not to take him, but he's been playing well. And he takes a wide open three, and then Izzo pulls it. If you see like somebody else do that, do that, like I know Thomas Kithier is not a shooter, but if Thomas Kithier did that, I don't think he gets their ass chewing reaming that Marcus Bingham gets. Just my personal opinion. Uh, I was kind of, I guess, frustrated with that. I I don't know how you felt about it, Tim, but I was not exactly happy with him doing that. Um, yeah. Did you read that article, Graham Couch? I did not. He had an article. I did not read the Graham Couch specifically on that. I think it was Graham Couch on this very play. Um. Uh, yeah. Well, Kithier doesn't take three, so exactly. Maybe I, he is. Maybe he is just listening to their their little rules, and that's what gets him pick. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, Izzo is kind of a stern guy. I mean, I guess he's just kind of like we tell you. You know, let, let's say this hypothetical because I don't know. They tell him like repeatedly, "You better not take a single three, and he does, and they pull him, and they're like, "Well, you know, we told you." I guess in that scenario, I would say they kind of had to. But do, is that the scenario? I have no idea. Right? Do you see my point? Um, right. No, I totally get what um, you're saying. It, is, it does seem like we've gotten to a point where Izzo doesn't have a lot of time to gamble like this. You know? They had that huge break. Um, so, it's you know, it's all of a sudden um, February. Um I don't know. Uh, you just have to see Marcus Bingham playing more. And we were saying this at the beginning of the season, a preseason. And at the beginning, I thought, like, he clearly was the guy. Then, you know, there was this weird lull in between where he wasn't really playing. He'd come in and look despondent. And, um, and then... This started happening. He looks a little hungry. He looks like he's got a competitive... He's more yeah, engaged. engaged. He's got a competitive edge. And now he's starting... You're starting to see it in the stat sheet. He's registering defensive stats. Um, steals, blocks, uh, rebounds, points. He's hitting jumpers. Um, I'd have to think... That if you feed this guy, you let him get his time, um, that he's going to grow in confidence. And he's got to be your best bet at this point for that position. Oh, there's he should be getting, without a question, the most minutes at five at this point. I, I don't think it's even it should be even a uh, question at this point. We know what Thomas Kithier is. He's not a Big Ten level starting Five man, he's just not. Uh, I, I, with Bingham, I mean, you you don't know what you're getting every game, but the ceiling's much higher, to say the least. Yeah, definitely. Um, and 
he's got that, you know, sort of NBA size. He um, makes a big difference defensively. Uh, you know, he's got to practice more in-game, I think, to get more experience. But he bothers people. Sometimes he doesn't get the block, but he totally disrupts the play because his length, the yeah. the um, offensive players just got his length in mind the entire play. I mean, I was honest. I was honestly thinking he might be a guy who moves on after this year, but I think it's pretty clear at this point he's going to be on the roster next year. It's looking that way. I did have a hot take that if he were to totally kind of like lose his spot, that he would be going, which isn't like that crazy. But now, you know, if he starts starting every game, why would he leave, right? Right. And I think Marcus Bingham really is – one of those guys where it can all just sort of happen for him. It's possible. For sure. I, I, I remember Izzo wanted to redshirt him his freshman year. Man, I wish he would have done oh, that. When Izzo was very adamant about that, because you never see reports like that, where Izzo's just like, I need this guy to redshirt. This awesome recruit, four-star, got a redshirt. You never see articles like that. And they just didn't want to. I immediately was like, I bet you Izzo's going to be right about this. I mean, yeah, he's rarely very adamant about things. And when he is, it's just based on the decades of experience. So, um, yeah, I mean, Marcus Bingham, I'm, I'm hoping that this is the guy that he somehow can carve out a bigger role for himself. Um, 25 minutes. Honestly, I I want him to take most of the minutes now. And there, you know, people say he gets tired. He starts huffing and puffing. Um, you do see some of that. Some, and then he makes mistakes because of it. But but again, better option than Thomas Kithier, and it's not close. Yeah, and honestly, I think he he's one of those mental sort of players where. Like, if he starts to get to play, when he starts making those plays, it it just all starts clicking for him. He's not thinking to. Hell, he he, he had a couple of really nice step-back shots that were mid-range. I was pretty impressed, man. I mean, if he can start hitting stuff like that, he's uh Well, yeah, you add a shooter. He's looking pretty Think damn good. It. You have him, yep. Hauser, um, Henry, who, who hits threes. And Watts, if he gets his shit together. Yeah, that's a the the one. That's a different story. But, and then but... now Josh Langford, who's becoming a lot more involved, um, had 18 against Nebraska. It is Nebraska, but you know he's not afraid to let loose, and he is a good shooter. Um, they he kind of shot them out of that Iowa game in the end, but you know, you. <laughs> I just feel bad. I feel bad for the guy at this point, honestly. Langford? Yeah. He's just not what he was. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, that's, that's definite. Um, I think he has a role in this team. I. Oh, for sure. No, for sure. I know it was Nebraska, but it you, you really could tell the presence of Gabe Brown. Having Gabe Brown come in... It it never feels much like a like a bench player is in. He it feels like a guy who could be starting. 
It's just another guy in your kind of like a Malik Hall. Right. Could or should be starting um coming in. And you know, if you narrowed it down to let's not talk about the the point guard yet, but you narrowed it down to like a a pretty tight rotation of um Henry, Langford, um Marcus Bingham, Malik Hall, Gabe Brown. What's that? Five? Yep. Um, not counting the point guard spot. And then you would have probably one or two other guys <laughs> just because Izzo can't make up his mind. Um, I I think they would probably be better just by default if they stopped giving playing time to some of these guys. I know that sounds harsh, but at this point, you know, I think a couple of guys have somewhat rose above. I mean, we're in we're in emergency mode, right? We're not talking about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not talking about <laughs> like December figuring it out. Um, no, it's just, uh... you have to win, and I don't think anyone's feelings are going to be hurt when you're three and seven in conference. You know, like. I think I know it's, it's, it's crunch time at this point, man. It's, there's no tinkering around with lineups anymore. You got you got you you have what you have, you know. Oh, I forgot to say Hauser. Ugh. Oh, yes. Well, I did say one or two other guys. Um, like this sounds harsh, but I think Julius Marble, like he has offensive prowess but defensively it's bad and and they just can't afford that anymore they can't afford to have marble and hauser out there at the same time they just bleed points um you've just if you've got to go with the metrics at this point i would take your best shooters your best defensive players and that's it um, and just start doing your most efficient things because whatever else is, it's not working. It's clearly not working. We're not talking about they lost, you know, last year when they went on their little slide, they were still like <laughs> first in the big 10. This is this right. Is, like if you're the coaching staff, you're allowed to, sh- to do some drastic things now, uh, in my opinion. Now let's get to um the point guard spot. Uh it's kind of a mess. Now didn't f- who started last game? Watts, I think. No, was it it was lawyer. I was I gonna say it was lawyer. Maybe Foster Lawyer started against Iowa? Yeah. He did. Uh, Iowa. Yeah. And then Foster started against Nebraska too. Um, so Watts is coming off the bench, right? Both of those. I think that's kind of fair. Um, I don't know about like Foster over him specifically, but or and then you would say, oh, so Tim likes Ho- Hogard. Uh, um, 
I like Hogard better than both of them as a natural point guard for sure. Yes. And and um potential going forward as a point guard for sure. Uh I think he's going to be a great player for state, but he's a freshman. Anybody that wants to like place any blame on a freshman on him is well, on a freshman ever. <laughs> Like, unless, you know, it's a national championship and you do something It's crazy. a body Bates or some shit. Yeah. yeah um, he's doing his best out there, making reasonable mistakes, in my opinion. Especially in a ISO system where you have to push the ball, you have to move the ball. You're not like, you know, it's a system that has historically given away turnovers. So just a freshman stepping in, the person who gets the ball every, you know, play, he's going to have turnovers in Michigan State's system for sure. Unless he's a god, (laughs) he just like instantly takes over and is a system. That's conceivable, unlikely. Um, Foster Lawyer, he has one thing going for him, and you're going to be like, oh, when I say this, but. He is a shooter. Um, this year, he's only shooting uh, 34.7% from three, though. My issue with him, Tim, is he's supposed to be hitting from a very high clip, and that's very average. And if he's not making wide-open shots, he I feel like he needs to send his ass on the bench. That's just my personal opinion, but listen, he he's he is a absolute liability on the defensive. Yeah, end. there's no question. But unfortunately, so is Rocket Watts, and uh, he looks. And, but the thing is, is he should not, he shouldn't be a liability on the defensive end. But we know what Foster Lawyer is defensively, and it's not good. <laughs> um, yeah, and so. And at 34.7%, that's not even close enough. Now, last year, he was 45%. Yeah, which I can live with that. It's, it's pretty damn good. Um, Smaller. I think he had a pretty small sample size last year, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> well, yes, he's taken 49 this season. And you could have guessed yeah. it was easily more. And 40 last season total. You're right. Right. Um, right. But in that small clip, he shot much better. Um, okay, here's the thing. Foster Lawyer, I think it's pretty clear. He's he's like a YMCA baller. Um, when it, <laughs> yeah. when it yeah. isn't on for something really important on the line, he's probably wet. You know, Aaron Henry said they don't even, like, go for rebounds when Foster shoots in practice. But he doesn't have ice in his veins. He's nervous. That's why he looks, like, bad out there. He has no confidence. Yeah, he has no confidence. Heart is probably racing. He's slipping left and right. Like, what? Dude, get some, like, new shoes or something. Why is he always slipping? Um, he does comical stuff that he probably never would do because he's like out of his mind and sort of his confidence. He doesn't, you know, when you're a confident athlete, 
you don't actually think when you're playing a sport. You're kind of like in mental autopilot. Um, you're all, all of these habits are so ingrained in you. It's mostly instinctual type movement. Um, you know, when you do things, you're not really like, okay, so when this guy does this, I should, you know, it's not a chess match. You kind of react in the moment, like at light speed. And when you're not confident, you get the ball, you think, what do I do now? You don't have what do I do now time in the Big Ten. Um, and he just can't shake this. He, You know Jordan Bohannon? Yeah, Wisconsin. he played, uh, he played, no, he played Iowa, Iowa, right? I, yeah. um, he's foster lawyer, but with swag. That, like, doesn't care that he's bad at defense and a little white kid who really just can shoot. He's like, I can shoot, and that's what I'm going to do to hurt you. And he's confident when he shoots. Foster is like, I hope I make it, (laughs) as he goes up Um, in the Big Ten. He's scared. And I swear, dude, I can tell when he's going to make it. It's not because of the rotation of the ball. It's like the fluidity of his shot. If it looks like... He's an autopilot. That's when he makes the three. If it looks like he gets the ball and goes, maybe I should shoot. You know, even if it takes a split second, that's when he's going to miss. That it almost is always right, dude. It's crazy. Um, we went on a long t- uh, tangent about Foster, but he's currently the starting point guard for Michigan State. <laughs> um, kind of important. If you look at the minutes. Uh, Foster played 18, Watts 22. So we need to really remember these kind of things. Uh, maybe Watts wasn't playing point guard. He might have been playing a little two guard. but He was playing off the ball, yeah. I think, yeah. Um, but, you know, Watts is still playing more than him. Um, and really, you know, you've got Aaron Henry and crunch time uh, handling the ball. So, you know, they're all guards, basically. You could just use them interchangeably in some areas. Um, I don't know, man. Rocket Watts is... is free, his three-point percentage is 29, okay? Two-point percentage is 38. I mean, the kid... And he loves to shoot. So when you're that bad at shooting... You're just kind of like your shots are nearly as good as turnovers. Yeah. Um, and it all equates to efficiency. And Rocket Watts is not an efficient um, offensive player. He's just not. No, he's not. Um, unfortunately. And a lot was riding on, you know, the potential of Rocket Watts due to the fact that Foster Lawyer has never really panned out. Um, and then you've got a freshman Hogard who I think he's going to – he's doing fine. But he's not like your answer to making the tournament. 
Um, no, no, he's not, he's not the answer for this season. I let's see. He played how much in the last game? Hogard played ten minutes. So you know, less than oh, that was in Iowa. Hold on. Against Nebraska, actually, Rocket Watts only played sixteen. So Foster played eighteen. Two more minutes. Hogard played fifteen. You know, dude, maybe Hogard makes mistakes. I almost would rather have him playing than Rocket Watts right at this moment because he does have a little bit of defensive um, ability. Like, he he does register steals and stuff once in a while. Uh, he can guard people a little bit. Um, if he makes mistakes trying to run the, the offense, so what? Okay, I'll take it. But right. Rocket Watts, like, his shooting has turned into a liability. Um, and, you know, it's funny. He was the reason they beat Duke, essentially. He just went crazy. Um, he has that potential. It's his decision-making is just horrible right now. It's really he, bad. He doesn't know what to do with this gift he has. If he had a a little bit of a savvy when it came to when he beat people just getting a nice pull up Jay, which he tries. It's just, um, well, there could be an injury involved. He's not shooting at the highest clip, but he also will often pass up a good jump shot to, uh, to do these little floaters he throws in that are just really not great shots, in my opinion. They'll come at different angles that aren't good for his team to rebound from if he were to miss. Um, I'm not sure if they're extremely high percentage shots, but the reason he does those floaters that he, like, throws from a pie, do you know what I'm talking about? He kind of sticks his arm up. It's because he's bothered by all of the, like, Division One size. You're often seeing him get blocked, very often. Um, he, You can see in his mind, he's always thinking about the defensive threat of other teams. Um, so he found out, hey, if I get past this guy and then throw up this floater, they can't block that shot. Well, it's not really a great shot. And he'll do it, you know, from the baseline, which is so weird. Um, hits it once in a while. But, I mean, his percentages speak for themselves. Like, this kid shouldn't be shooting more than, like, I mean, I was going to say Marcus Bingham, but maybe that's unfair. Um, no, that's actually insanity. He should be shooting more than Marcus Bingham, but, you know, he shouldn't be shooting in the volume that he is. Maybe um, open threes. Maybe you know, in his zone occasionally, the breakthrough. I think he should be distributing far more. Um, and making people guess with this ability that he has. He's losing the chess match mentally. The Where you beat the, the man. Now, what do you do to take advantage of this? He's way too predictable. He won't use his advantage when he beats men. Where now, essentially, you're 
four your five v four, he'll just go in and try to like drive it against two bigs. I mean, that's not <laughs> that's not like the you've gone from advantage to disadvantage in a heartbeat. <laughs> and that goes back to decision making and his efficiency. It just speaks for itself. He's making it hard on himself. Honestly, this is what you want to envision. Rocket Watts beats his man, gets into the heart of the paint or the, you know, just near the free throw line maybe. And a mini, like, fadeaway jumper. Just really quick. In and out. NBA speed. Because that's what he would have if he were to ever carve out a role. Um, and right now it looks like he's so much more focused on the, the pretty side. His little jab steps and his little like dribbles through his legs. They look terrific. But it's like it's like he's perfected the aesthetic of it instead of the art in which you use it to destroy your opponent. Which is far more important. Um you know what I mean? Like it looks great. But then he'll just freaking brick the shot. Maybe Yeah. Maybe focus on something else. I don't know. Um they need him. I'm not trying to slander his name, but they need him. Uh, Gabe Brown, he's been out. They need him. I want to see more from him before we can really talk about him. Aaron Henry, he's got to be a stud. Game in and game out. That's all there is to it. Um, Malik Hall yeah. has been in a slump. Hasn't been good. But I think that he's an important player, and he's shown throughout, you know, his two seasons, that he can consistently be a, a good rebound, like you know, rebounding presence, um, even inside presence for um, offense. Can hit little mid ranges, sometimes threes. Um, he's a strong kid. He's got dog in him, Malik Hall, and at this point, that's important. <laughs> Because, you know, the Ohio State game is embarrassing. Rutgers even far more embarrassing. Uh, and I kind of gave them a pass on Rutgers because they had just come out of the long break. I didn't like it. Don't get me wrong. 30-point loss to Rutgers for their first loss ever. Not good. But, you know, you're coming off that long COVID break. Like, I'm going to. Right. Give a small benefit of the doubt. Um, Madi Sissoko, just just a lot of basketball he needs to play before he's going to be some person that will make a difference in making the tourney. Um, we kind of went through the, the team and what Izzo's been doing with the positions. Um, talked about the offense. It looks as though Lankford has been clearly told to shoot more. Um, or, no, he has to be because he's shooting so much more and he's playing a lot. Otherwise, they'd take him out. Um, he's a guy who can get a shot too, right? Like, he can beat a man and get a good shot off. And he's not going to be a defensive beast. It's not going to be you know, some all-conference player, but he could be a good piece that can help you win games like Nebraska. (laughs) 
as sad as that sounds. <laughs> um, but the reason I bring it up is it looks very clear that the coaches have emphasized his usage. Um, so you look for tomorrow night, um, Penn State, you'll probably be seeing some uh, Josh Lankford, but I would imagine they're going to tell him to tone down the long twos, which I think he did a little bit against Nebraska. Um, You see that? And I tweeted this, but you could hear Izzo screaming, move it. Um, when they were playing Nebraska. I think it was Nebraska. Um, and he was talking about the basketball. I think they've gotten, you know, this is coming back to the offense. Um, they've gotten too static. Um, there's no off-ball movement. There's no identity. They don't really know what to do. And so they're going to go back to their roots, um, sort of the culture they stole from Golden State where they really share the ball. The ball moves faster than the men. Throw the ball around. Try to find an open guy by moving the ball, not by, you know, jab steps and pump fakes. Um, So you're going to see a lot of emphasis on that, on the passing the ball around, quick passes. You know, when the ball stops, and they've got some ball stoppers, the defense gets to to sit, rest, take more time off the shot clock, and you know get in position. Um, you want them to be a set, a step behind. That's the point of passing the ball. MSU has not been good at uh, moving the ball, not at the speed that I think we're used to seeing. Um, so we've been talking for quite a while. Uh, do you want to go over uh, Penn State? Uh, sure. We can wrap it up at that. Uh, we'll have more. We're going to get back to recording. Hopefully every week or two. Yeah, every week. like, So we can go over the games as painful as it may be. But... Um, <laughs> Just uh, there's kind of been kind of kind of been a shitload of stuff going on. So there's really um, yeah, and it did not help that that we had a giant break followed by a four game losing streak. Um, but they have you know a small chance to right this ship, a small one. Um, and it would be fun, right? If I know this is like sad almost, but It'd be fun if they had a crazy round and made the tournament. It'd be cool to know that feeling because we're just so used to expecting it. Um, Right. It'd be very fun, I think. Um, Penn State, they're ranked 30th in Ken Palm. Uh, Crazy considering they have a a losing record, I'm pretty sure. They are 7-8. 4-7 in conference. Um, Penn State is supposed to win by one, according to Kempom. This is at the Breslin. Um, I think that's important. MSU lost that Purdue game at home, which should have been a win. 
we won't go hugely into that, but that one was that one hurts. That one was a big loss. Kind of messed the whole season up really. Um and then they lost that game to Wisconsin, which you know, MSU was in it. Could have won that game. Other than that, MSU hasn't lost a game at home. Okay. I'm not just writing off Purdue, but MSU was up by like fifteen or something. Um, I think that they are more comfortable at home just for whatever reason, you know, you don't have to travel the rims. I think they might even shoot better at home. I haven't confirmed that, but I would not be even like surprised if I was very right about that. Um, and you know, Penn State, I've watched them multiple times. I think they're good in terms of good enough to beat. Uh, Michigan State for sure. Um, Myron Jones is going to terrorize us for sure. Uh, 100% guarantee you are going to hate hearing his name called tomorrow. Um, And you know what? Obviously, MSU could lose any game in the conference going forward, like without even, you know, looking at the game. Just every game, you'd say, yeah, they probably will lose, actually. Um, MSU can win this one, for sure. This is at the Breslin. Penn State, not a world-beating team, but on paper, better than MSU um, in various ways. Um, I don't want to go super in-depth because what's the point? I don't think it really matters what Penn State does. I think at this point it's all about MSU and the way that they hurt themselves. I mean, they aren't you know, bleeding turnovers, mistakes, um, can't make buckets. It's really like all of them shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, you got these guys on paper who should have been a much better, you know, team, you know, from their stars in college. Um, They've seen much more success than a lot of these teams, but, you know, the mistakes and the mental lapses are just, like, mind-numbing. Anyway, I say all this to say is uh, it's not like Penn State is a more talented basketball team. It's that MSU is just a complete mess. Um, Yeah, that junior class has really not panned out, but I think Marcus Bingham is – he might, you know, there might be something there. Aaron Henry is a future pro. We won't talk about kid here. <laughs> um, <laughs> Gabe Brown has a lot of potential. And, you know, you, you haven't really seen it consistently or very often even. But it's there. Will he ever tap into it all, into it all the way? Who knows? But, um, you know, he's a big guy. Strong, athletic, can dunk, can shoot, should be able to defend some. You know, those are things that other guys don't just have. <laughs> so that gives them an edge over, you know, other types of players, for sure. You know, Rocky Watts, as fast as he is, kind of a little guy. You know, you don't just get to, like, make up for that those side of those sort of dimensions that Gabe Brown is, you know, gifted with um 
Anyway, I know this might sound crazy, Ryan, but uh, I think that MSU narrowly They're wins favored tomorrow. by three. Most of the money is going towards MSU, apparently. I didn't know that. I'm so basic. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it's MSU is, has been a good home team ish. Um, I mean, since they've started league play, they've had only four home games of their ten games. I know that's you know, it's nearly half of them, <laughs> but. Um, you know, you're going to see five of their remaining games are at home. And I think that's going to make a difference. I really do. Having Rutgers, Ohio State, Iowa, you know, all on the road, that's tough, man. That wasn't really helping them. Um, coming off that weird break, that Purdue loss, man, oof. I think that MSU can get a Penn State win. And then they got Iowa at home. A team that they... Iowa's been struggling. Yeah, a team that they could have beat. Now, I don't want to get ahead of myself. But if MSU basketball were to have a 2-0 week, let's just say the excitement would be there for sure. Not for anything crazy but just you know I think that they can be so much better than they have been it's just been one mess after another Um, you know COVID shooting night from hell (laughs) Um, I could go on and most of these have come away you know, let's let's look. Their losses at home, two of them, right? That Wisconsin game they should have won, lose by one to Purdue. Their losses away. Um, fourteen to Northwestern. Twenty-five to Minnesota. 30 Rutgers. Um, 17 Ohio State. Ryan. Uh oh. Not great. I think I might have just convinced myself of something crazy. They suck on the road. Shocker. Maybe they're just really, really bad on the road. And other than a Purdue anomaly, would be like. Decent at home. Yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy how that works. <laughs> no fans though, which is actually fascinating. It don't is you think? definitely, definitely weird. Um. Yeah, but I don't think MSU does go to and this week. It's they're so bad. Why would you bet yeah, on that? I think it's very likely they go one and one. And knowing basketball, they lose to Penn State and beat Iowa. (laughs) Um, So that would be the funny result. But 
I think it's probable that MSU loses to Penn or uh, beats Penn State and loses to Iowa and goes one and one this week. What do you think? Yeah, that's that's where I'm. That's my bet too. But keep that home thing in mind. You know, MSU had their shot at Iowa, and um, on the road, on a like a crazy road trip, by the way, where they didn't even get to go home. And now Iowa's got to come. To their favorite place. Oh, yeah. Um, East Lansing. In the cold. Not that it doesn't get cold in Iowa. But it is not comfortable for teams to travel to East Lansing in this time of year. It just isn't. Um, Unless you're, you know, from somewhere colder. But you get my point. It's never fun. It's not, it's not even fun to, like, go to a game at the Brisbane this time no, of year. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, like, miserable <laughs> until you get inside the building. Um, all right, so we've talked long enough. The moral of the story is this – there haven't been – you know, it is a pandemic, okay? No other seasons are there three-week breaks. We have to acknowledge this, but um, the the numbers don't lie, and like the situations kind of match up too. MSU is lacking a lot of like upperclassmen leadership in terms of playing on the actual court. Um, their offense is just terrible, and they're playing in a great league. You know, they did go undefeated in non-conference, which is you know not saying a whole lot given who they played, but all of their losses are in conference. Um, so, and yeah, there is over a month for them to squeak in. And all, you know, it all Izzo has to do is squeak in. That, them making the tournament is my championship this season. Yeah. It's all of our championships. Yeah, pretty much. As I um there is not going to be an NIT from what I'm to understand, which makes sense. Um I don't think MSU would even compete anyway. Um the Big Ten tournament, nobody knows. Nobody knows if there's gonna be a Big Ten tournament. A lot of different Viewpoints are, why would a team who's trying to do something in the NCAA tournament even compete in the Big Ten tournament? If they're already in, why would you give yourself the risk of losing players to COVID? Um, Now, a team like MSU might need the the, uh, Big Ten tournament. Not saying that they would win the auto bid, win it all, because that's a far-fetched, but um, get some big wins in there. I mean, that uh, Miles Bridges freshman season, yeah, the freshman season, Cassius and Miles, they needed their win against, um, I think it was Penn State. I think they had to beat Penn State to get in, like to be safe. And then they lost to Minnesota. Um, So, anyway, we've talked long enough. I don't know if there's anyone who's listened to 70 minutes of, this team's basketball assessment, but I, listen, 
if you see the lineup tightened, you see um, Marcus Bingham in the starting lineup, maybe even some other switches to like minute, um, like minutes played roles. You know, again, if there's like eight dudes playing instead of 11 or whatever he plays, um, these are going to be changes that would be different than what we've been seeing all season. And you might see a couple of wins sneak in, and then you might hear some talk about them. You know, because I saw, um, I know Maryland is projected in. They're ten and nine. Um, overall, four and eight in conference. Yeah, it's crazy. Right, they're four and eight. MSU is a Purdue blow, like, blew the game against Purdue away from being that same, like, like resume. Right. Now, they had to win over Wisconsin and Illinois and Minnesota, which I'm sure is, like, boosting them. But you see my point. They're in the conversation of the net tournament after a couple of wins against teams in their conference. MSU has this opportunity you know i'm looking at msu's opportunity okay i'm not saying they're going to do it (laughs) it's all in front of them it's in their hands um they've got uh eight nine they've got at least nine games left in conference the math would say ten I don't know if everything will be rescheduled or not, but that dude, they're only halfway through if they have 10. Right. You know what I mean? They go 7-3 and three in this 10, which, again, I don't think is likely, but if they do, you know, we're talking like a whole yeah. different season now. Yep, 500. Um, that would be cool. Doesn't sound or seem likely, though. Now, a 2-0 and sweep against Michigan. Whew. I think I'd probably get them in, but that would be pretty sweet too. You know, I know we've resulted to cheering for this, but hey, heavy is the head that wears the crown. We get a, Don't we get to have a season off? <laughs> Seriously, they win three in a row. Like, yeah, I can live with it, I guess. <laughs> three big tens in a row. Guys, okay. Well, I guess we'll have to wrap it up there, and um, we'll talk hopefully on uh, next Monday about what transpired this week. Um, did you say what you thought was going to happen? I said Maybe one and one. Spaced. I said, but which Penn State, Penn State win? I lost. Okay, we're always agreeing. It's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, okay. Um, let's hope for the best. Um, if you keep betting on uh, against Michigan State against the spread, you probably make a lot of money. Though I've been. I was. Sure I was gonna. That. I was gonna do it. I have not started betting yet, but I was gonna make my first bet having Nebraska covered, and I pissed off. I did because they just did. But 
don't take that advice there because then, of course, MSU would cover against Penn State and you'd be like, what the heck? I mean, I wouldn't be mad. Just do it for all of the games. Yeah. And I guess you would have to hope that MSU keeps sucking too. Right. Um, because if they turn things around, then you're going to lose a lot of money. <laughs> uh, um, I, so I anyway. could deal with that, I guess. You know. No, I, yeah. Uh, I would trade some money, maybe not a lot. but um, All right, Ryan. So, this one. Dylan, up ahead, Winston. No one near him. And he's going to come out with it. And Michigan State is headed to the Indianapolis. 